You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. Father, forgive me. I'm staring at this Bible as I keep glancing. Dear Lord, I got questions and I need answers. Trying to understand your vision, all I see is damage Just a bunch of dead bodies in the street camping A bunch of lost souls on their feet standing We supposed to be your children, I thought we family You supposed to be my father, bro, I need answers We don't need to die young, we just need chances Tired of living on the edge, so we keep scrambling Trying to talk to these strippers, but they keep dancing We just want me number one like Steve Francis Bow our heads, say a prayer, now the seas planted Everywhere I turn, I'm seeing MCs vanish. Lot of good gone, I don't understand it. Lot of families lost and they seen stranded. I ain't trying to disrespect you, I just need answers. I know you watching us from heaven thinking who to save. Cherry picking who should go next and who should stay. I'd be on my way to heaven if I knew the way. And bring back every good you choose to take. They say you never wrong, but you done made a few mistakes. Cause you taking the wrong, maybe you should trade. Trade us back all the real ones, remove the fakes. I think you should trade. Give us two What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Think 180 podcast. It's Chris Baker from Inc. 180, Oswego, Illinois, joined as always by my friend Kyle Craning. Hey, what's going on, everybody? We have been gone for a long time, man. We got a lot to talk about today. Um, I tried to die a few times, unfortunately, uh, but thank God it didn't work. So uh, that song is awesome. Kyle just shared that with me this morning. I'd never even heard it. His dude's name is Joyner Lucas, and the song's called Devil's Work. And it check it out it is uh it's a pretty powerful song but the video is even more powerful yeah it's and it's not what you think it is like it's you think oh, it's about the devil or something no it is and it isn't it, it's about you know how we're all responsible for our, our own actions and uh how the devil has influence over us and how, how how many good people have been taken way too soon because of that yeah yeah and you know saying that you know rest in peace to nipsey hustle i got to meet him uh, a couple of years ago at my homie's tattoo shop out in la just for a couple of minutes yeah he yeah. was dude, he was a good dude and he uh i mean he was a crip from crenshaw but a dude wanted to, he, and he was doing, it's just not he wanted to do, he was doing some pretty amazing stuff out in LA with kids and giving kids opportunities and creating jobs and That's he was awesome. a good dude, yeah. Was, and I, like I said, I only got to meet him for a couple of minutes, but he was cool as hell, so just uh, shout out to Nipsey Hussle, taken way too soon. But uh, yeah, man, crazy six months. It's, so It's been a whirlwind, I can't believe it's... We're finally back here and doing this again. Yeah, it's been a minute. I mean, this all started back. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll give you the quick rundown and then I'll give you the update. So back on Halloween night, uh, 2018, I discovered kind of a red bump on the back of my thigh and it turned out to be cellulitis caused from a strep bacterial infection on the back of my leg that started from something as ridiculous as an ingrown hair, believe it or not. Went to the hospital, had surgery. Was in the hospital two weeks. Um, sent home on IV antibiotics, the whole deal, wound care, pretty substantial cuts in my leg, um, both on the back and on the front because the infection had come around the front. It was trying to um, compartmentalize and take my leg from me. And uh, a month later, it came back, 
had another surgery that was a little more intensive. Thought they got it all. They didn't get it all because a month after that, I was back in the hospital for my third and fourth procedures. And uh, this was the most extensive surgery. This is back in January. And uh, they took a, um, a very large portion of the back of my leg out. Um, and we've been working with wound care doctors and infectious disease doctors and my surgeon ever since. And it's been closing up. Um, the, the incision on the front of my leg actually just this week healed up 100%, which right. is great news. But I still have the open wound on the back of my leg. It's much, much smaller. It's, it's made great progress. But two weeks ago, I was sitting at Parkview Community Church listening to, listening to our friend Brian Welch from Corn speak with his daughter there and had a great night talking, praying with him, hanging out. And I got home that night. Lisa, my wife Lisa, was changing my dressing like she does every day. And I had some discomfort back by the wound and just some, some soreness and nothing major, but she looked at it and it was bright red and I didn't have a fever. I had a very, 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 very low fever. It's like 99, something like that. So we circled it with a marker to keep track of it. And then we woke up the next day and it was much more red and brighter and bigger. And I had a hundred point two fever. So we decided to go to the emergency room. And they know us by name now. And uh, you have your own private room, pretty much. Except I, I gotta say, I got really gypped on this last trip. I got a really small room. It was like being in a jail cell. But I went in, and uh, Lisa and I were sitting there. They look at my chart, and of course, based on my past and my symptoms, they admitted me right away. Mm. Um, put two IVs in my arm, and were just pumping me full of fluids and and. Uh, different antibiotics to try and get this before it got to a point where I was going to have to have surgery again. And that is the good news. I did not have to have a surgery for this one. Um, the antibiotics got it pretty quickly. I was in the hospital for five days mm -hmm. and almost missed Tyler's prom and all kinds of stuff. I missed a speaking engagement. Um, huge thanks to Dr. Cassandra Ma for covering that for me with the Plainfield junior women's club. Um, I was really bummed to miss that because I was really looking forward to that event. But um, <laughs> the thing that happened was I've had so many things. So I got admitted into the hospital. It was two, three, three weeks ago now on a Sunday afternoon. And they were pumping me so full of fluid. I had, I took a picture of it and I put, I think I posted it on my Instagram. I had like 20 empty IV solution bags hanging from my tree because they, they just leave them there to keep track of them oh, in yeah. case there's a reaction or something. And I had like 19 or 20 bags. They were pumping me so full of fluids because they didn't want me to go septic again like I did with the first surgery. Mm -hmm. Totally understandable. But I, um, my fever was just climbing and climbing and climbing. My fever got up to 103.5. And the nurse came in. I was shivering. I had the chills and mm -hmm. I was freezing to death. And she came in, they'd give me Motrin one hour and Tylenol the next hour. They're trying to break it. Nothing worked. And it just kept climbing. And uh, Lisa had gone home. I sent her to go home and get some sleep like 7, 7.30 that Sunday night. And the nurse came in. She's like, if I can't get this fever to break, I'm going to have to pack you in ice. And I thought she was kidding. 
she was not kidding. Um, she came in. She, I couldn't get another blanket. I was freezing to death. And she would not let me have another blanket because they wanted the fever to break and all right. this stuff. She comes in an hour later with like 20 ice packs. Oh, man. And I'm shaking. Like the bed's shaking because I'm shivering so hard. She comes in and starts just packing these ice packs around me. Right. And I'm, I was not the nicest about it i was pretty upset and um it took three hours packed in ice to break that fever and then for the rest of the night i was awake sweating to death like i was you know in the desert right horrible (laughs) then i woke up the next morning and i felt some tightness in my chest and was coughing i was called the nurse i'm like i don't know what's going on but i got this cough and my chest is real heavy. Felt like I had bronchitis. Right. She had chest x-ray come up and take a chest x-ray. And they took it. And then they put it up on the, sc- the computer screen in my room. And I looked at it. I was like, oh, it looks, it looks clear. It looks good. It was all white. And she's like, no, that's not good. You want it to be all black. Oh. And basically, they had pumped me so full of fluids that I developed pulmonary edema. So I had all this fluid in my lungs, like a major dose or a major case of uh, pneumonia. Mm-hmm. So she comes in she's like, all right, well, I'm going to give you some medication to, to get this fluid out of your body. And I was all bloated up and distended Ugh. and I was horrible. And uh, she gave me Lasix into my Ivy. <laughs> she looked at me and she goes, uh, you're going to go to the bathroom like a lot. I'm like, okay. It's like, whatever. So I like. I, with that medication, I'll just say it this way. They removed five liters of fluid out of my body in Ooh, two hours. Wow. So. Holy cow. But that, you know, then I'm in the hospital for like five days and it was, it was terrible, man. But I, I've been telling a few friends about this and some people will understand this when I say it. And some people will think it's crazy and stupid and ridiculous, but it's real. So right. I, I want to share it, but I learned a lot of things during this whole time, this last six months of being really sick. This is the sickest I've ever been in my life. Um, and I don't ever want to be sick like this ever again. But I had these four surgeries and they were pretty extensive and they were extremely painful. Um, agonizing, in fact. Um, and when the surgeon came in to do that last surgery, that number four surgery, to remove this infection, I looked at him and I said, this is your last chance. This was a new surgeon. This wasn't Mm -hmm. the one that did the first two. Okay. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, I'm not doing any more surgery. He's like, well, you have to. I said, no, I don't have to. I don't, I can refuse it. And he said, well, why wouldn't you do surgery if you need it? I said, because I feel like I'm fighting against God's will at this point. Like, I don't know. Like, is this how I go out? Is this how my life ends? I don't know. But I know that God knows that's how I know that God knows how my life ends. And I don't know. And I really, truly felt like I was battling God's will and I wasn't going to do that anymore. So he did the surgery. And I, I think, too, that's why he went as hardcore with it as he did. I mean, the amount of of flesh and muscle that was removed i'll I'll just put it this way you could look into this incision and see my femur um and yeah 
So, and I wasn't ready for all that. I knew it was going to be an extensive surgery. I knew it was going to be a lot. Mm -hmm. And he told us, this is what I did. This is what I had to do. Totally understood it. But then the next day, the wound care team came up and they took the dressing off of it. And I was laying on my stomach while they did all this in just an incredible amount of pain. And uh, Lisa was there, of course, um, the whole time. And she was very hands-on with the wound care team and learning what she was going to have to do. But she almost passed out when she saw the size wow. of this crater in the back of my leg. Wow. That's saying something. It's a lot. It is a lot. And I, I mean, I have the pictures on my phone and they're every once in a while I will look at it when I'm having a bad day or I feel like things aren't progressing the way I think they should. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me like, this is how bad it was. And, and right now it's, I would say it's about 85% closed up with that. The wound has kind of slowed. It's still closing, but it's slow to close up. So wound care who I've had many, um, spirited discussions with, about the level of care I've received from them. They sent me to see a plastic surgeon about doing a procedure to basically close the wound up. Mm -hmm. The outside of the wound isn't the problem. The problem is that there's these two tunnels, which when they did the surgery, this is where the bacteria had tunneled down the back of my leg. And these, these two tunnels um, that are left, one of them was 27 centimeters long and the other was 24 centimeters long. And now they're at like six and five. Wow. So they've closed up a lot. Yeah. We went to the plastic surgeon the other day, and based on how it is, where it is, the location, they don't think that a wound closure procedure is the way to go with it. They think it will eventually close on its own. Mm -hmm. I went to meet with the surgeon this week who did the actual surgery, and he agreed 100% with that. He said it'll close up on its own. The problem is this. The outside is almost closed. It'll probably be closed in like two weeks. Okay, which that's great. However, we still have these two tunnels, and that's where the um, every time I've had a recurrence of the infection, that's where it's been right. in these two tunnels. So, the surgeon who did the surgery, um, I fully trust, and I think he's great. We will probably have to do another surgery in the next two to three weeks, which will be far less extensive as any of the other surgeries. But he is good. Basically, he wants to go in and cut those tunnels out. So I will have a, an incision, a wound, you know, obviously at the surface, but then it'll just be like a deep tunnel, one that will close all up right. without the tunnels in there because mm -hmm. he's going to physically remove them. So need a lot of thoughts, a lot of prayers for that. I'll, of course, post updates on social media and stuff. Um, I don't even think it will. I'll probably be in the hospital for a good couple of days just to make sure I don't develop an infection. But um, after that, he said, you can go back to work. You can oh, wow. do your thing. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I think I really, truly think we're kind of coming to the end of this whole saga with it. But it's been horrible because obviously I have not been able to work since the beginning of November. Right. I'm broke. Like I've never been broke in my life. Donations are off. Church, big churches that supported us for years have had major issues uh, internally where they're not like they've had a whole new elders board come in. They fired pastors for misconducts and different things. So those churches that were very generous before aren't giving to anybody right now because they're just trying to figure out life and moving forward in their church. Right. 
So like I've resorted to selling personal things. I am like praying. I don't have to sell my car, like all kinds of stuff. I've had some really good friends help me out and, and really help take care of us. And that's been awesome. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. And then on top of all that, I, I ended up leaving my old church, um, because of some things that happened and, you know, we wish them well. I've moved on. I'm at Alpine Chapel up in Lake Zurich. Now, if you're trying to find me, that's where I'm at. Um, and it was just, it was time for a lot of things in that whole season of my life to kind of come to a close. Um, uh, my pastor and his wife moved on to another church and, um, I'll leave that at that, but, uh, it's all good. Wish them well. And, you know, I'm just trying to get this thing closed up and done so I can just move forward. Right. Yeah. I've started taking some steps to that. Um, my surgeon is very, <laughs> he's a very brash individual. I love and hate it about him because he's a, he's a very, very, uh, excited person and, uh, mostly inappropriate, but <laughs> good dude. Great surgeon. I mean, he's, a, he's a good guy. And then we found out actually two or about two or three days after he did my last surgery, he had a massive heart attack and almost died. Wow. But he's back to work and he's doing good. But um, he told me, he's like, yeah, go back to work. And he's like, ease your way back in. So I started last week. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing like an hour or two a day and trying to build up my stamina again and just have the feel of the machine in my hand again. I've done some tattoos for my son and for some other clients and stuff. Just small stuff. Um, I had a speaking engagement that I really enjoyed last week i spoke to a bunch of uh, illinois high school health teachers and college health instructors um, about sex trafficking and our work and it was crazy man i was i mean it was my first real speaking engagement in six months and it was like i never was gone awesome it's just that stuff is so automatic to me i don't even have to really prepare for it it's just i know what i'm just gonna say and right um, I really enjoyed that, and it was a great event, and I want to thank them for that. And that was the IHSA. Yes, IHSA. Um, it was over at uh, the NIU Satellite Campus in Naperville. Cool. It was really cool, yeah. Got some more school speaking engagements coming up in the next two weeks that I'm looking forward to. Of course, I'll be at my son's high school next week talking, so it's always fun to run into him in the halls and right. give him a hard time because you know, that's what we do. But, uh, yeah, I just got a lot of, I'll, you know, while it's been hard and it's been um, mentally and physically very difficult, um, it's great to get back to work and start to get my life back and kind of reclaim who I am and what I'm about. Because I'll tell you what I'm not about. I'm not about sitting on the couch and watching Netflix for 12 hours a day and being in pain it's just right. it, it's nuts but the pain is gone i don't have any pain at all right now so that's a good thing um but yeah i'm just trying to get it all back right yeah it's all getting back in the swing of things and reclaiming everything that was once your life yeah back to present day with some adjustments yeah and that's the thing too and i mean like we didn't stop getting requests for removals and cover-ups because I was right. sick. Like Sophie's done a great job holding things down here while I was gone. Um, so it was huge. My friend Jane 
helped us out a lot financially with, you know, getting the bills paid and, and stuff and making sure that was all taken care of and on time. Uh, so we really appreciate that. And yeah, it's just, it's nuts, man. It's, you know, I, I'm getting my health back. I'm back in the gym. I'm walking. I did 60 minutes on the treadmill yesterday again. And I'm just, I'm trying to sit. I'm, I'm, I was tired of sitting at home feeling sick. And I think a lot of it is mental too. So I was like, you know, I'm going to get up and go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And the first day I did like 10 minutes on the treadmill. I thought I was going to die. Really? So, and I built it up, you know, just like anything else, but you know, it's all coming back and it feels good. makes me feel good mentally to go to the gym and, you know, sweat out some of that sickness and it's been crazy. So you weren't lifting, you know, no, I'm lifting not. weights with dumbbells in one and then a Twinkie in the other. No, no. Well, that was the thing. I was, you know, being, it was like that. You ever seen uh, Mr. Mom? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible. That was me, man. Because when I, the day that I went into the hospital for the first time back in, you know, November 1st, I was uh, sitting in the hospital. I was like, I'm not going to shave. Like, who cares about shaving? I'm not, I'm in the hospital. It's the least right. of my worries right now. Mm-hmm. I've never grown a beard in my whole life ever because I start and it starts itching and I'm like, forget it. And I shave it. I didn't even care. And I grew this beard. It was actually pretty decent. It was. It was pretty, it was pretty decent. And I was kind of. Getting your Grizzly Adams on. Yeah, I was, man. I was, and I was totally into it. I'm like buying beard oil and all this garbage. Right. And, uh but I felt like Michael Keaton and Mr. Mom where he's wearing like the same flannel every day. Yeah. He's not shaven. And it was when I was in the hospital last, uh, this last time I had the beard going and I was reading an article on Facebook laying in the hospital about how many germs are in a beard and like beards are yeah. dirtier than dogs and all this yeah. stuff. I called, uh, Lisa was at home getting ready to come to the hospital. And I was like, please bring the clippers. She's like, what? It's like this beard's going today and she was, I think she was bummed. She'll never tell me she was bummed, but I'm pretty sure she was bummed out about it because yeah. she liked it. But she's I was like, like her fingers through it. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you know, she's all about like Jason Momoa and all this oh, stuff wow. who, yeah. who also just shaved his beard off. Yeah, by did. Way, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I shaved it off and. I was like, I've got to like, it's like bad karma having this thing, man. I've been sick ever since I had it. So got rid of that. But, you know, you, you gotta, I think when you, when you are sick and you're like, you know what, I'm just not going to be sick anymore. It's kind of like that victim mentality. Like I'm just not going to be sick today. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to shave. I'm going to get up. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to burn the old flannel and I'm going to change and I'm going to be okay. And you know, it's, it's a lot of that. Um, my counselor has been great and helping me through it. And, you know, thank God for Lexapro yeah, leveling right. me off. So and now, you, do you screw with people that come in for tattoos? But like now I just want to let you know, they sit in the chair. It's been a while. No. Well, the, the first <laughs> tattoo, I'll tell you, this is a funny story. The first tattoo I did back was for my son. Mm-hmm. And Tyler and I, you know, kind of like Mackenzie, Mackenzie would be 21 on Monday and Ty just had his birthday and we've been talking about these tattoos forever. And I was like, all right, I'll do this tattoo for you. Just, I'm fine. We'll do it. And I did it. And it felt weird. It always feels weird to tattoo your own kid. Yeah. But it ended up being his first one too, but (laughs) it was fine. It was like, I never stepped away and it was all good, but. It was kind of bizarre <laughs> at the same time. 
and now he's got another one, and now he wants another one this week. So I need to tell him to slow down a little bit. You've, you've given him the itch, man. Well, he's all excited because his band got invited to play a show out at the Whiskey in Hollywood uh, June 28th. So we're, we're going out there Shoot. for that. Wow. So man. I think he thinks he needs to uh, look get, the part. Yeah, I was going to say, get the rock star image now. Yeah. So is he, uh, how did that come to be? I, so I guess the person that books shows at the Whiskey knows the guy that runs the Vans Warp Tour. Oh, okay. And they, they played on the Vans Warp right. Tour last summer. So they were looking for some bands that you know wanted to fill some spots and reached out to Tyler and said, hey, uh, so-and-so from the Whiskey A-Go-Go in Hollywood, do you guys want to play this summer? And he thought it was a joke at first. And <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, sure. You know, send me your info. and. Dude sent him an email like five minutes later, and they booked. We'll actually be out there for my birthday, which is kind of fun. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool because, uh, you know, we've been trying to do something fun. Lisa and I, we just had our 25th wedding anniversary while I was in the hospital the last time, so that was a real drag. But, you know, you celebrate where you're at, and we did, and it was fun. But it'll be nice to to go it's they're the boys are having fun with the band the band is called who knows and uh they're on itunes and all that good stuff but uh you know they're having fun they had a show last night they have a show tonight so we're gonna go to that and have some fun but speaking of that i wanted to uh kind of, i guess that's kind of a good segue it in is. the next topic so um I mean, you know, if you if you follow our work, obviously you do because you're listening to this at Inc. 180. One of the, one of the things that we do is we're very much about educating people about things like sex trafficking and domestic violence, and the, the basically the populations of people that we help with the ministry work here. And I uh, one of the big passions I have is doing these educational things like the social media safety classes and trying to, you know, get kids to be safe on social media and think before they post stuff. Um, we talk to really, we focus a lot on young boy or boys and young men to teach them about like what, what women and girls are really all about to them. They're not just some conquest. And I really hammer that home because I think it gets missed a lot at home. In, you know, during the talk. And uh, I think people, when they talk to their, their kids, both boys and girls about the talk or whatever that even is, or looks like now they focus m- more on like preventing pregnancy and like STDs, which is great. You got to do that too. But right. you know, we don't talk to our kids about how to treat their boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Something has come up and it's been going on for a while. So there's, there's three boys in this band, my son, Tyler being one, and then there's um, Zach and Aiden. And we had a situation, there was a situation with one of the boys uh, in the band, not, not Ty, but one of the other boys where he was dating a girl. And this was over a year, year and a half ago. And they broke up and it was a pretty ugly breakup. And the ex-girlfriend said on social media that he had raped her. And it, it hit him real hard because he knew that he didn't do anything. And mm-hmm. it just, the relationship didn't work out. They broke up and she came out and said, oh, he raped her. Now, <clears throat> I want to make this 100% clear. I am almost always going to side with 
the victim that says this happened to me. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. I don't ever, and I would never condone victim shaming, anything like that. But this, and I've seen it not just in this scenario, but other scenarios of other people that I know. We are in a time where horrible things happen, right? We know sexual assault happens all the time, and it's horrible. Um, We know that harassment happens all the time, and it's horrible, and it's wrong. And the Me Too movement and everything that's happened with that. Please, please do not misconstrue my comments as anti-victim, anything like that. What I'm saying is, (laughs) this girl who made this allegation against this boy came out a couple of months later and said, this did not happen. Um, I was just angry and I said it in anger and he did not do that. Well, what happened was a friend of this girl won't let it go and has a a real issue with this, this young man. And that issue with this young man has turned into an issue with their band and they have, and they write, you know, they have shows all the time and they put up posters, they get them approved by the school. They put them up around the school so people can see it and come to the shows. Well, this week they have one of the shows they have is actually tonight and they put up posters that were approved by the school around the school. And this friend of the ex-girlfriend took it upon herself to write the word rapist on the poster. My son saw it and was furious and uh, took it down, took it to the dean's office because this has been going on. It's been mostly social media stuff. Like this, this friend will post things and like this, um, like half like sideways comments about this situation. And Tyler was like, you know what? I've had it. I'm done. Took it to the deans. The deans at Oswego High School did the right thing. They totally were like, all right, we, we see this. This is a problem. We're not okay with this. And they looked at the video cameras and found out who it was. Of course, they didn't tell Tyler because they can't. And they probably didn't want anybody getting physically dealt with. Right. Although Tyler wouldn't, but somebody else probably would. Um, I called the school pretty furious and spoke to the dean who handled it. And I said, I want to know what the solution is. And she, of course, and, and I respect this, she said, I can't tell you who it was. And I said, we, we know who it is. And I said, I want to know what the solution was. And she's like, well, I can't really discuss that with you either. And I said, okay, I, I, whatever. I, I get that there's policies and I, whatever, that's fine. <laughs> but what I do want to say is if, let's just say, there was a picture a poster hung up where there was a girl that was a singer with her picture on it and some boy wrote slut, whore, bitch, whatever on the poster, they'd be suspended. They'd be gone. Right. Whether it be an in-school suspension, you know, home suspension, whatever. That would happen. Yes. No question. I've seen it happen. Right. And I said, I expect you to deal with this the same way. And she was super respectful she heard me out she you know it was all good it was good conversation and i said all right i said thanks for handling it and that was it 
Well, of course, you know, social media being what it is, the cesspool of, of the world. Um, we've come to find out that this, this friend and the friends that wrote the actual word on the poster are coming to the boys show tonight. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Now they're, they're very upset, obviously. Um, but I met, actually met with them while Kyle was setting up for the podcast this morning. And I said, look, you need to let this go as hard as it is. You know, I mean, these are 15, 16, 17 year old boys. Their blood runs pretty hot. They're in a punk rock band. And I, I just felt like, you know what? I don't think they're going to do anything stupid, but I wanted to talk to him and be like, look, I'm going to be your voice of reason right now. Right. And you need to to deal with this. But the thing that bothers me so much is that we live in this culture where people will hide. They'll cowardly say things that they would never say to somebody's face and they're making stuff up and it has a real effect on people. You know, we see it all the time. Like I don't go on Twitter because I think it's the biggest mess on the planet, Mm -hmm. but you see what people post that. I mean, the last couple of years with Trump in office, you, you really learn a lot about your friends with a president like him. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people feel like, I mean, Trump, whether you're a supporter or somebody who's not a fan, and we won't get into that right now. Um, but I think people feel like they have been entitled to say whatever they want, whatever they feel. And like, I've actually had friends of mine, good friends, that I've known for years that have put stuff on social media. And I'm like, wow, you really, you really think that way, right? You really think that way. And it's caused problems, but a lot of people take it way too far. Like I've called those people. I'm like, Hey, you posted this. Like, what's going on? You're all right. Like what's going on? This doesn't seem like you, but the wars, man. I, and I've seen it within churches. My old church was, it was split right down the middle. You know, there's, Jeez. there were people shouting on social media. Yeah. We need to build that wall. I'll pay for half of it. And we've got couples who migrated here, immigrated from <laughs> right. other countries. You know, and they're like, dude, what the hell? Like we went out for tacos last week and now right. you're shouting, build that wall. It's dude. It's, it's crazy. And people don't care. No, not at all. But it's, it's a slippery slope. Like you're saying, man, it's, it gets bad quick. Yeah. But this whole thing of this culture now where it's okay for a girl to say, Oh, well, he raped me and trying to ruin a kid's life. Um, and, and people have posted stuff on this young man's Twitter and stuff saying horrible things oh, to him Yeah, and, and people that he doesn't even know. And, um, you know, it, it sucks because what it does is it really detracts from real victims, people right. who were really truly victimized. People are then like, well, how do we know you're not just making it up? Right. It's just, it's such a mess, man. And I just, like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it almost makes you want to just throw your hands up and be like, what am I even doing? Like, you know, am I like preaching to the choir and these kids hear what I say and then they just go off and do their own thing um, and say horrible, horrible stuff and write things and. Tyler graduates um, next December, and man, I can't wait for him to be out of school and just do his thing. Um, but then, of course, Quinn starts as a freshman oh. in the fall. So, 
Dang, <laughs> no break, man. No, but you know the thing. The thing with Tyler is like he's a super sensitive kid, which is a beautiful thing and a horrible thing all at the same time. You mm-hmm. know, Quinn definitely was raised a little bit more gangster, and uh, you know Tyler's a fixer. He wants everybody to be friends, and he does that. Quinn doesn't care. She'll get in your face a little <laughs> bit. Um, she's funny, man. But uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's crazy. And I've seen, I guess, you know, not being able to work for six months, I've seen a lot of other stuff. A lot of stuff has become real clear to me. And um, a lot, I guess a lot of things just bother me even more than they did before. So I don't, I don't know. I, I'm trying to keep my head on straight through it all, but some days it's just like you're swimming upstream with you know, half a flipper and I don't get it. I don't get these kids. I'm so glad we didn't have social media when I was a kid. I'm kidding, man. Man. And it, it's hard. Yeah. I've removed myself from social media. I continue to do so most of the time just because I, I don't want to see the, the, the trash. I don't want to see the, you know, the, the, the hate or the arguments or whatever it is, the mm. keyboard warriors, yeah. and the, you know, say stuff all tough on in a virtual setting and not in someone's face. Yeah, I just it, don't get it. It's just disheartening a lot of the times. And I'd rather just focus on the positive and, you know, help what I can help impact those I can impact. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had some serious, like recently, I've had some major, major, major disagreements with some people. I've had some people do me really, really wrong and lie to me. And people that I never ever think would lie to me have, have really hurt me in some ways. And, and that is what that is. And, but I sat down with them and I'm like, this is what you did. And I forgive you for it. But dude, like, this is not okay. You know, I'm not going to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to post it on their social media. Right. And I, but I see people do it all the time and, uh, just horrible stuff. Like, eh, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated with it, a lot of things, but, um, it's got to stop, man. Cause this is ridiculous. People are, you know, I've seen stories. I've read stories. I have a lot of friends that do a lot of stuff with suicide prevention and, I've seen stuff where kids have been accused of rape and they've killed themselves because they were accused of it. It didn't happen. Right. And the people have come out later and said, oh my God, I killed this kid and I was lying. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there was a kid that was a tremendous high school football player in uh, the Atlanta area. When he was a senior in high school, (laughs) he dated a girl a couple times she he had just turned 18 she said she was 18 they had sex and she wasn't 18 she was like 16 he was arrested for statutory rape and uh it just ruined right. his life mm-hmm. i mean he's in prison for 10 years and i told tyler um i'm like dude you should just you know this is like the biggest argument for not having sex before marriage <laughs> ever I'm like, just live in a bubble until you get married, you Mm -hmm. know, but, uh, I don't know. This is, this is, this is the part of the raising kids that I didn't know before I had kids, you know, it's, 
having my kids be 21, 17, and almost 14 is a full-time job. I mean, I knew that was true, but this whole thing, the relationships and helping them navigate the social media life and all this is just insane. But uh, I did see one cool thing this week, speaking of social media. Um, Instagram is going to take away the part of Instagram where it shows how many likes are on a photo. Mm. You know, it's one of the things we talk about in the social media safety classes. Like so many kids are so focused on who likes their page and who likes their pictures and whatever. And yeah, most definitely. And uh, so I guess they're going to take that away where it's not going to show how many or who liked it. Wow. So who knows? That'll be interesting. I think Mark Zuckerberg is just so tired of getting his head caved in for <laughs> problems. And right. I think I just heard they have to pay like $5 billion for the breach of security. Security, security. Yeah, man. security stuff ain't going away. $5 billion? Mm-hmm. Dude, I wouldn't want to write that check. Here you go. Something you'll never forget again. Right. A word you'll never forget. A term you'll never forget. Security, oh. man. Yeah. Whether it's breaching hours or whatever it may be, you'll this will stick with them for a long time. Yeah. But um it was crazy. I watched obviously I watch a lot of news, a lot of news coverage every day, but being at home just sitting and watching stuff. Of course, like everybody, all the Democrats are now like announcing they're coming they're gonna run for president. Jeez, and I'm like, yeah. Oh Lord, here we go. Didn't we just finish an election <laughs> cycle and now we got another one coming? It seems like it. But uh Seems like it never ended. I don't know. I think I'm just going to find a nice quiet island somewhere with a cave where I can go live out the rest of my days. But then you have Chicago mayoral election, which no one turns out for that. Granted, it was, you know, what, 30, 20 degrees that day? Yeah. Sleeting. Oh, it was really, well, I mean, but they, I mean, let's be honest. They had early voting like two weeks or three weeks leading up to it. Um, Lisa and I went to vote on election day and we it was like three in the afternoon we were the 41st and 42nd people to vote that day and i was like this is so ridiculous That's man insane. but then on these you know facebook pages for oswego oswego is a small town it's probably what is it like 35 40 000 people yeah. mm-hmm. they said like eight percent of the people voted <sighs> i'm like come on and it was like to see who was going to be our village president, or if you're not from Illinois, that's basically like your mayor um, and the, the village board and all this stuff. Right. Nobody voted. My son, Tyler, came with us, and he had just turned 17, and uh, the guy looked at him and goes, oh, how old are you? Because he was just there with us because right. we were going to vote real quick. He's like, oh, I'm 17. He's like, oh, do you want to vote? And he's like, I, not 18. Right. He's like, no, as long as you're going to be 18 by the next general election, you can vote, which wow. blew my mind. I did yeah. not. I, I didn't know that. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No idea. So he registered and voted, you know, so that, that's was, awesome. that was pretty cool. Right. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But, I don't think uh, he would have asked him had they been like, you know, pretty busy and had it been a normal like presidential election. I doubt. No. Who knows? But given that only you're only the 40 some odd people that walked through the doors that day yeah i think he was just so excited to get somebody that he could <laughs> register to vote that was alive right you know if you're not from chicago the big kind of joke and it's not really funny at all is that dead people have been voting in chicago for 40 50 years so 
It's the most corrupt political landscape in America, maybe besides Washington, D.C., but uh, it's pretty, pretty close. Your, 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 uh, your homie, your hombre, Rom is leaving. Uncle Rom. You going to his going away party? No, I didn't get, <laughs> I think my invite got lost in the mail. What else is new? But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's this, ah, the world's such a mess, man. The lowest voter turnout for a Chicago mayoral election, I think, in history. Yeah. Um, and all anybody can talk about is it's historic because uh, the new mayor is a female African-American lesbian. That's what everybody's excited about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, whatever. The two, there were two women in the runoff election for it, Lori Lightfoot and uh, Tony Preckwinkle, who... Tony Preckwinkle, if you are unfamiliar, she's the one that did the ridiculous high tax on soda. soda. Yeah. yeah. Sugar stuff. Apparently she had a bad Mountain Dew one day and decided to tax the heck out of it, but that didn't work for long. Um, and I think that's why she lost that and all her corrupt connections. But, uh, hey, if you're not corrupt in Illinois politics, you're not in Illinois politics. I mean, our, our new, our brand new governor is already under investigation by the feds for the whole thing where he took all the toilets out of his mansion. Oh yeah. So he didn't have to pay property taxes (laughs) and the feds are all over his Kool-Aid right now. So yeah, it's kind of the his the history of Illinois. Yeah. It's the, the, the going away present is to go to prison. (laughs) It's the retirement. He just started. So they got after him pretty quick, man. Old HR puff and stuff is in some trouble, but who knows? Man, I just, whatever. What a mess, man. I just shake my head at it and I try to do the best I can to have a good attitude. I try to the best I can to help people with whatever time I got left on this planet. But man, this planet is going to heck fast and, you know, seeing all this stuff and I mean, without getting into a whole global warming discussion, because I'm not the most educated on it, but, you know, it doesn't really take a genius to see there's all these floods and all this change and weather extremes and stuff. I'm like, hmm, all these rivers are flooding. Hmm. Okay. Great. Why is that? Um, what a mess, dude. What an absolute it's just mess. fake, though, man. I'm just ready for the world to explode. And just start over, start fresh, you know, because you know somewhere God has just got his face in his palms, right? Just going, what, what the heck is going on? <laughs> right. You know, you got. I I didn't even plan on talking about this, but what the heck? Um, sitting at home and watching the Notre Dame Cathedral fire, mm. right? I get it. That's an iconic building. I get it. There's all these priceless works of art there. I get it. They claim they have the crown of thorns that Jesus had on his head. I get that. Um, you know, they made Disney movies about it. The building's on fire. It's terrible. Okay. It's a piece of history. I get that. But people were kind of ridiculous too. I mean, The president of France went to these billionaires and said, hey, will you help us rebuild it? And the dude got like a billion dollars over the weekend. France has the highest population of homelessness in the free world, the major countries. And why aren't they doing that? Something for that. You know that building's insured. Right. 
the Catholic Church has how many billions of dollars? They didn't kick in any money to get that rebuilt. Right. And it's just such a... Yeah, that was kind of weird because it was like, who was asking for the money? Like, yeah, I don't think any... Like, it was... Why? I, I don't get how he just was like, oh, I'm going to go ask for money from these really wealthy people. Yeah, and they wrote... I mean, they wrote him checks like right there. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, there's just... There's been a lot of stuff like that that I've kind of seen here. We, you know, in the news and... uh watching way too much tv i'm just gonna start listening to the radio but then i'll probably get caught up listening to this stupid news radio <laughs> <laughs> right no, just the news radio is not so bad because it's just it's in and out you know what i mean it's True. here's a story here's what's happening that's it on the tv it's here's all here's what's going on here's a story but here's all these correspondents we're gonna talk to all these people and then here's both oppositions to that to that story now talk with them and it's just like, well, it's great and informative, but it just keeps your head spinning, man. Yeah. Like, I enjoy it sometimes, depending on, like, what's going on that day. Yeah. But, like, other days, I'm just like, I can't do it. It's just, Mm-mm. it just, I think it's, it's not healthy to keep watching news like that over and over and over and over again. It's just not. Yeah. It just hurts your, hurts your brain. Yeah, it, it does. It gives you, it depresses you a little bit or a lot of bit, depending on how you're affected by it. And it's just. It's too much. It yeah. becomes bickering. Yeah. It, it's just noise. Mm-hmm. It's noise. I don't know. It feels good to be back doing this. I think we're going to wrap this one up next week. I think next time we're going to uh, talk about some things in entertainment that have been going on. I've been getting a lot of just flack from people, especially people in the, uh, the world of fighting sex trafficking and stuff about watching Game of Thrones. And that I'm wrong for watching Game of Thrones. Okay. I, I get it. There's nudity and stuff. But what? Yeah. Like, it's Game of Thrones. Right. I want to see Arya Stark kill the Night King. Right. And we did that. So we're going to talk about that. It's um, a fantasy series. It is. And you know what? Um, we're all naked under our clothes, but whatever. Um, we'll, we'll talk about all that next week and some other things. I got a lot to talk about, I guess. Sorry if we ran, if I rambled on a little bit. I've just been kind of fired up and, and kept in my house for too long. So we're back, baby. We're gonna uh, what are we gonna end this one with? Uh, we're gonna you know go off of the little situation that your son the band has going uh, on. So we're going with uh, a classic back from DJ Jazzy Jeff and oh, the Fresh Prince. Man, we're going way back. We're going with Girls Ain't Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Later, guys. Get the hell away. Just last week when I was walking down the street, I observed this lovely lady.